Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation still on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Thank you all for coming along as we build a bridge to conversation right here throughout our great nation on the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and it is my signal honor to be on with you here today as we build the bridge to conversation. Thank you for coming along with us daily as we do that. Hey, got a great show for you today. R.C. Maxwell is going to be with me. Uh, He's a Republican uh, consultant who specializes in grassroots and communication strategies. Uh, He is a Turning Point USA brand ambassador and a Philly Schlafly. Yeah, she was wonderful. Uh, Good friend, uh, Philly Schlafly, God rest her soul. Uh, Eagle Award recipient. Although um, R.C. is now banned. Oh, yeah, he's banned from Twitter. You can follow him on Instagram at um, Black Hannity. <laughs> Black underscore Hannity. Black underscore Hannity. We're going to have him on here at the in the second. Um, coming up here just shortly, uh, 1124, we're going to have R.C. Maxwell on. And then Kimberly Herman at 1230 next hour, uh, general counsel, Southern Eastern Legal. Uh, that's who we're going to have on in the second hour. And the, the whole topic, um, we got cancel culture and critical race theory that's happening all over the place. It just tweeted out. Follow me on Twitter at Rev, R-E-V, C-L Bryant, at Rev, C-L Bryant. I just tweeted out a little bit ago, you know, Sharon Osbourne, uh, what is it, The View? Is it The View? She's on, whatever it is, she's on uh, there with um, others. I think she's on with Whoopi and the rest of them. Uh, Sharon, all of you know Pierce, Pierce, um, oh, what's his name? Morgan, Pierce Morgan. You all know Pierce Morgan. Yeah, Pierce, you know, sometimes uh, is very lucid and is conservative in some views. But he was simply defending the crown, which he's Brit. He's a British, uh, you know, subject of the, of the crown. He's a subject of the queen. Uh, Pierce Morgan is. And um, Pierce was defending the crown and saying that it was shameful what Harry, Harry, who's, who's white, redhead white, and... Um, Megan Markle, who's, you know, black, identified as black, um, colored, person of color. Pierce Morgan was defending the crown from its prince and his wife. He was defending the crown against the prince and his wife. And Sharon... Osborne, who is the wife of 
the Prince of Darkness, as he is known, was known, has been known throughout the years. Met Ozzy Oz- many, many, many years ago when I was uh, doing a little cover band, cover work myself. Many, many, many years ago. And haven't run into him since uh, he was weird then. And I'm quite sure that he's just as weird now, uh, even in his old age. I think he was older than me. He was about 10 years older than me then so Ozzy's in his 70s or 80s maybe I don't know um, you know 10 12 years He's low, he was much older than me but anyway um, I'm sure he's still rocking it out in his mind though but anyway his wife his wife is Sharon Osborne. now Sharon is a flag waving you know socialist she is. She's a flag-waving socialist. There's no question about it. She sides with Whoopi on just about everything that there is. But hey, uh, message, message, ditto, ditto. Uh, you better hear this, Whoopi, because it's being sent out to you. You better stay in line, too, because what this means is if they will come after. if And who is they? I don't know who, the, who they are anymore, you know. When we talk about cancel culture and when we talk about, uh, you know, critical race theory and all that type thing, we don't know who they are anymore because if they will attack the wife of the Prince of Darkness, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, then you had smooth better believe that you're next. Now, all she did was this. This is what this is what. Um, Sharon Osborne did. She's a friend of Pierce Morgan. They, the cancel culture and the critical race theorist, believe that what Pierce Morgan said in defense of the crown against its own Prince Harry and his wife was racist. Not because of what he said about uh, Prince Harry allowing his wife to do this against the crown. But because Meghan Markle, who is, I guess you would, yeah, yeah, she's a woman of color. She's definitely a woman of color. But they just wanted to attack him because he said he expressed his opinion. He expressed his opinion about that situation. That's not allowed. No, it's not allowed. It's not allowed anymore. You're not allowed to express your uh, opinion against any situ- against situations, especially if it's against their opinion, right? Listen, everybody, all of us have opinions. And all of us should be allowed to express them. I mean, I have people who I love who I don't agree with their opinion on. You know? But, you know, hey, let's just talk about it. Let's not fight about it, though. Let's not argue about it. We can actually be on the same page and not have the same opinion. On, on a subject. Actually be on the same page. That's what makes life spicy. That's what makes life interesting is that there are people out there who think differently than you do. But what is afoot right now, what is being um, launched and pushed at us right now is the idea that if you do not think like they do, if we do, if you do not say the same words that we do and, and have the same feelings about something that we do, then you must be canceled. You must be expunged. And I got to tell you, uh, any of you who are over 40 years old, these are your children who are doing this. 
and they are being helped along by George Soros. Oh, yeah. They are being helped along by George Soros. Now, what's going to have to happen, whether you're liberal, conservative, whoever you are, if you're over 40 and probably below 100, <laughs> because there are people in their 80s, 85, 90, I know 90-year-old guy who is just in incredible shape, incredible shape. So it means that we're living longer. And that we're, we're going to have to deal with some things that our young people are bringing toward us that uh, will, will, will totally turn over everything, I'm telling you. It'll turn everything over. But your young people, if you under 40s, you, you under 40s out there, your young people, your children, they are beginning to buy into An American and an idea that is un-American, I should say. And that is that people don't have the right to, to speak their minds without being persecuted. And I'm telling you that if they uh, decide to persecute the wife of Ozzy Osbourne, you're next. If you step out of line, if you if you stop saying what they want you to say, and this is where you're going to get to. I mean, all she did was say, hey, listen, uh, a person. This is what she said in in defense of her friend, Pierce Morgan. This is what uh, Sharon Osbourne said, the wife of Prince of Darkness, Ozzy Osbourne. Sharon said. Well, everybody has a right to their opinion. That was her opinion of Pierce Morgan's opinion on Prince Harry and Meghan Meghan Markle Merkel whatever it is that 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 was that was her opinion and for that since she is a friend of Pierce Morgan who is now being branded as a racist for defending the crown which he is a obviously a nationalist because he defends the crown. He's, he's a, he's a Brit. He defends the crown. Like I would defend America, the flag, what it stands for. Uh, he defended his country and his queen. I mean, he believes in defending his queen. And if some foreigner spoke against my queen, I would be speaking against theirs. I, I would be defending uh, our president spoke against our president, rather not our queen spoke against our president. <laughs> I, I would defend our president, not, not not I'm talking about Trump. I mean, really, I mean, I mean, you. well, you know what? You know what? You know what? If they spoke against the presidency, I'll, I'll say it like this. If some foreigner spoke against the presidency of the United States. I don't care who they're calling the president of the United States. I would defend the presidency. I would defend the presidency. I wouldn't defend Joe Biden, uh, even if I know he didn't do something. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's just so horrid. Coming up on the show will be R.C. Maxwell, he's a Republican consultant. He's going to be uh, with us. He's also an ambassador uh, and a Phyllis Schlafly recipient, Eagle Forum recipient. 
um, reward award recipient recipient, and he has also been banned. ORC has been banned from Twitter. Oh, you must have said something real bad to get kicked off. I know they block a lot. My, a lot of my stuff is not, you know, it doesn't go out. <laughs> I know it doesn't. I have friends who said, how come you haven't tweeted? And, and how come you don't tweet anymore? I have friends who actually, who actually message me. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Text me. Who actually text me and ask me that. And I said, I, I, I tweet every day. Oh, I see some of your retweets, but I never see any tweets directly from you. Really? So I guess that's the next thing to being kicked off. I don't know. In fact, I think that's worse than being told you've been kicking. Just tell me. You're kicking me off, okay? And uh, that way I can deal with that. But but RC's been kicked off. We're going to have him on. And uh, then in the second hour, going to invite um, to the show Kimberly Herman, General uh, Southeastern Legal uh, General Counsel. She is, and uh, I want to hear from her. Our topic today, and friends, this is something that we're going to have to talk about, and that is this critical race theory and this cancel culture uh, idea that's being fed to the young people. And I'm talking about from kindergarten to about, well, at least 20, 25, 30-ish, about 20, 25 you know, maybe heading toward 30-ish, you know. And that's why I'm saying to uh, the 40 and under, the, well, the 40 and overs, it's your children that this is being uh, fed to. And they're the ones who are going to be in charge. Listen, have you thought about, have, have any of you really given any thought to the future? I'm talking about those who are over 40 and are... You know, I'd say below 85. You're over 40, but you're below 85. You are expected. There are things that that killed our grandparents that you're dealing with right now. That you're going to live through. Yeah, you're going to you're going to live through it. And this is the thing that, that I really think we must must consider the kids who are buying into our ki- our children and grandchildren, the ones who are buying into this cancel culture thing and 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 this um, uh, critical race theory thing, when you and I are older, more mature, when we're older, and we're turning over the reins of power. Let's say now you're in your 60s and 80s and you're turning over the reins of power and authority to them because see, Joe Biden and, and uh, Donald Trump are prime example. Donald Trump in particular, not necessarily Joe Biden, but Donald Trump in particular is, is the prime example of how well people are going to be doing into their 80s. You see. Uh, Trump, it shows no signs of slowing down. Now, Biden did, does. Of course, he's a little older than than the Donald. You know, he's ten, what, what, uh, four years, three, two, two or three years older. I think he's three years older than the Donald. But uh, both of them 
are strong indications of how we will be in our later years. And if, if, if that's an indication, if they are indications of how vibrant we can live into our later years, then our children and grandchildren will be running stuff. And the world that they are used to or getting used to and the one that they're being fed to build is, is one that is, is rife with cancel culture and, and race, critical race theory and all of that kind of thing. And we're going to have R.C. Uh, explain uh, from his point of view what that means to him, him being a young man who has conservative leanings. We need to hear this. And then we're going to hear the general counsel on this from a legal stand, standpoint when we bring on Kimberly Herman. Listen, folks. These are perilous times that we live in. And you are going to have to determine, you're going to have to decide, um, uh, well, you have to choose. You're going to have to choose the, what, what it is and who it is you're going to be serving. You're going to serve with this. Because there is a certain service that you can render to those who um, are wanting to tear down America as she once existed, the one that we knew, the one that we grew up in, the one that has been that was uh, that made us the greatest nation on the face of the earth, the one that's made us the greatest success story. All of us, even the children of ex-slaves, uh, you are still there. There are no other children of ex-slaves on the face of the planet in no country, nowhere. That is the great, that is the success story that you have been. We're the greatest nation on earth and our people, all of them, are the greatest example of success stories that the world has ever known. Regardless of red, yellow, black, and white in this country, and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And our young people are being fed that because of our past, that we overcame greater and, 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 and more uh, effective than anyone who's ever gone through a past similar to ours. Egypt certainly hasn't. And that's where the Jews were enslaved for 400 years. Blacks were only enslaved in America for a little over 83. Oh, that was only, only, only 83. Once the nation became a nation in 1776, Slavery was over, over in less than eight, in less than a hundred years. It was over. Slavery only existed here for a very short time. Once we became a nation, but our young people are being fed that America is an evil, evil place. But they go to Egypt willingly, where Egypt enslaved people still, literally, openly today. Are you hearing me? I'll be back. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. And don't any of you go any anywhere. I'll be right back with R.C. Maxwell in just a couple of moments. Hear this.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you coast to coast and border to border over the largest talk platform in the nation, the talk monster, Red State Talk Radio. And I want to welcome all of you uh, back to the show. Uh, If you're traveling through Times Square, be sure to look up above the iconic Ripley's Believe It or Not. And there you will see the Talk Monster billboard above uh, Ripley's, um, the Red State Talk billboard. And every hour on the uh, every hour in the hour, 24 hours a day, uh, the C.L. Bryant show pops up there. And old C.L.'s face looking right back at you there in Times Square, which is, I guess, beginning to be repopulated. But be very careful. It's just like it was back in the 80s, 70s, late 70s and 80s when I used to visit up there. Jane and I used to go up there. All the time, and it was dangerous, but they never messed with us. I guess we blended in. Hey, the cance- the culture wasn't being canceled then, was it? And I guess the critical race theory wasn't really in place then as much, was it? Even closer to the time of the civil rights movement in the late 70s and early 80s, when Jane and I used to travel a lot as an interracial couple, we, we, we didn't experience a lot of the stuff that we're seeing now. How's that possible? You know, if we don't uh, rein in our young people, and I'm talking about those who are under 40, like R.C., I think R.C., I'm pretty sure R.C.'s under 40. I know he is. I'm going to bring him on, and we're going to talk about this critical race theory. We're going to talk about this cancel culture from his perspective. I want you to help me welcome to the show now, uh, former guest on the show, and certainly will be uh, in and out this year for certain, R.C. Maxwell, Republican strategist, and he has received a, a certain award from a dear, dear group called Eagle Forum. Phyllis Schlafly was the founder of that group, and uh, they thought enough of him to hand him an award uh, on their behalf. And so help me welcome back to the show, R.C. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you, man. Well, thanks for having me on, C.L. Always happy to join your program. Glad to be with you. And let me ask you this, um, R.C., now let's talk about this critical. uh, Explain to the audience what critical race theory is, what it means, and uh, how, well, just tell us how destructive it could be to our American society. Talk to us. Well, of course, um, you know, critical race theory is a, the definition of that is, it's a prevalence way of thinking about race that started at Harvard in the 1970s, and it was created by uh, black legal scholars. Now, this particular way of thinking about racism says that traditional approaches to resolving equity has failed. Civil rights, um, liberal approaches to the law. It says that those uh, vehicles have been insufficient to resolve uh, racial inequities, and therefore we must continue to interrogate and challenge that. 
So you see critical race theory is almost, uh, as a definition, it's a verb because it's meant to constantly practice and constantly interrogate racism, um, which means the definition inherently implies that you must constantly be engaging in this action, which means it's inherently regressive, um, cynical, it's infinite, um, there's no limit to, to this interrogation. Um, and unfortunately, um, this view and this way of thinking about racism is entirely predicated upon the view that uh, slavery is an atrocity that uh, directly impacts the lives of black people and brown people uh, daily. Um, and the problem that we have with this view is that it is just it's just impractical. It's just cynical and it's just not true. Uh, CL, yeah. your, your generation has lived a life in which um, you did a lot of great things with your freedom. And now this critical race theory tells us that uh, there is no freedom. So it's an yeah. entirely regressive view. Um, and it's cynical, and it's taking over. Let me uh, share, let me ask you this. You opened a, a really broad door that we can walk through together, um, because we, we 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 come from you're young, two different generations, and I'm I'm uh, you're white and I'm black. Okay, so let's talk about this. And um, when we look at the can- when we look at the cancel culture and the woke ideas as well. And when we look at what you just said about my generation, it's true. Uh, we've done some really great things. I, as you know, I'm a former president in NAACP, two-term president in NAACP, and I was on the other side for a little while until I woke up and realized that actually it was the liberal idea that I was embracing that was holding me and the people I was trying to represent and pull forward, it was holding them back. And so, and I saw why it was holding them back, is because it was making us victims instead of victors over our past. But let me ask you this, R.C., Is it possible that cancel culture and woke and this critical race theory, are they all the same uh, body with different heads? Talk to us. Well, yes. Uh, I I view that as as, as somewhat of a a monster that has a symbiotic relationship with each other, right? So you take a look at at cancel culture. Cancel culture is this beast that's running downhill because people are afraid to speak out against it, much in the same way that teachers are starting to fear speaking out against critical race theory. Um, My article touches on how critical race theory has popped up in school systems all across the country. Well, cancel culture is one of the reasons why teachers are scared to uh, dig into the sand with their convictions and say, I have a problem with this being implemented in, you know, primary or secondary education. Uh, Cancel culture is essentially the impact of critical race theory. Uh, Once you acknowledge that, quote unquote, two criminal justice systems exist, you know, once you acknowledge that, you know, in, in 2021, uh, a, a black person's body uh, is meaningless, which is what critical race theory proponents say. Once you acknowledge those things, where you have to go from a policy perspective is disastrous. And if you don't go there, you get canceled. So these things are interrelated, and um, it is literally the beast of, the, of 2021. When you consider that the, the messaging coming from critical race theory proponents and the people who are in positions to cancel individuals, the messaging is, Equity is now just beginning. In their minds, civil rights, that, 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 that was literally meaningless. They want to see 
you know, they want to see maybe a lenient criminal justice system created for uh, maybe black criminals. That would be something that would assuage their concerns. You know, these people would like to see reparations. Uh, uh, the rabbit hole is infinitous, and it's, uh, it's very treacherous when you look at uh, the fabric of what American society is. So, I mean, critical race theory is something we have to understand. And what I actually cover in my article is that, unfortunately, you know, President Trump didn't speak about critical race theory in a way that illuminated us to the perils of this way of thinking. So, you know, conservatives really have to dig into the sand and uh, realize our work is cut out for us because it's not going away. Tell all of us how to get a hold of your work and how to get you to a place where they are uh, in, in their cities, uh, churches, uh, you know, whatever, they, whatever it is, community centers, to hear you talk about this. Because there's a perspective, and I'm going to talk to my folks at FreedomWorks about uh, putting us on the road together so we can do sort of a one-two punch type of thing. And the visual, I think, would be very good as well. I'm going to introduce you to some of our folks. Michelle, remind me of that. And uh, this, but tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Well, you know, I, I am banned on Twitter. I used to be verified on that platform, um, but I have been censored, you know, merely because of the ideas that I do bring into the battlefield uh, of ideas. So if you would like to follow my work, I, I would suggest you follow me on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on there, RC Maxwell. Uh, but also, you know, starting with my human events article would be a good place to start. I would encourage your readers to read that article, share it, and, um, you know, start to understand that if we want to compete against the left, we have to compete with convictions. And we need to not subsume a watered-down version of their um, uh, uh, reality, but instead we need to continue to uh, preach what is right. Um, oh, yeah. Which is, you know, Western approaches to resolve civil rights are sufficient. And we need to continue uh, working within society and Western um, legal institutions. You know, you said something, preach what is right. And, and folks, uh, there, are, there are so many today who believe everything is, is relative. But there are things that there, there is a right, there's a wrong. There, that, and of course, there are, of course, in some instances, shades of gray. But when it comes to what made America great, what comes to what has kept us great and safe, I might add, you can boil it all, do- all down to what we have done right. And uh, one of the things that we have done right in so many cases is either amend things that were wrong uh, as far as our treatment of each other, as far as our Constitution was concerned, abolishing slavery and all that type of thing, but moving forward. And uh, R.C., I I say this a lot, um, uh, is that there is nothing that my skin color, if I want to do it in America right now at this very moment, can hinder me from doing it. If I want to do something, if I want to become wealthy, I can. You can become wealthy in this country. You have to put in the work, and you become wealthy. My grandfather and father may not have had, and they not, I know they didn't. They did not have the opportunities I did, but I'm glad that they paid the price for me to have them and for you and I to have this conversation. That leads me to this. Let me ask you this. You know and you've seen the, the, uh, the banning of Sharon Osbourne, or at least the uh, persecution of Sharon Osbourne, the wife of the Prince of Darkness, uh, R.Z. Osbourne, uh, uh, simply for defending a friend who somebody in the cancel culture or in the critical race theory or in the woke movement believe said something racist because he defended his country against its his country's prince and his wife's and the prince's wife. 
All of a sudden, that's racist. And Sharon Osbourne, being a friend of his, saying, well, everybody's entitled to their opinion, is now they're coming after her for defending her friend for speaking his mind and she speaking her mind in defense of him. Can America expect all of the lunacy that they're trying to push to fall on all of us if we don't stand up to this? Talk to us. Yeah, we do not stand up for this. Um, you're gonna. It, it's just like the old saying, you know, when they came for X, I said nothing, and, and you know, when they came for me, there was no one left. I mean, that's an extraordinary thing you've just discussed. Sharon Osbourne has been vilified for merely defending her a friend for something that was not beyond the pale, right? I mean, we all agree what you know. Pierce, what Pierce Morgan said was not something beyond the pale. However, cancel culture can continue to move the goalposts. And they can continue to do such without resistance because we're all scared and we all don't want to be next. Um, so this is, this is a problem, and this is a problem that was created by over-civilization. You know, Candace Owens covers this in her book, Blackout, where she says that we've reached a point in society to where we've become so civilized that we now uh, seek oppression um, in, in crevices of society in order to bring it to the forefront uh, to talk about it. So that's what we're doing. We're engaging in over-civilization, and unless something happens in America, God forbid we have some kind of conflict with China that causes us all to wake up and realize that the way that we are at each other's throats is just not productive and it's just not helping our divided country. It's not helping our divided country. Now, uh, talk to us then about your generation. If, in fact, uh, we're not successful in overthrowing this monstrous machine uh, of what the three the three headed Hydra that we are, are talking about, the woke, the cancel culture and, of course, the critical race theory that we're talking about, if we're not able to stop this uh, as Michelle and I mature and and uh, people in our generation mature. Uh, how do you envision an America that would look like that? God forbid we ever have to consider it, but we are considering. We're looking right down the barrel of it if we're not successful in disarming it. Uh, what what happens here? You talk to us. Well, what happens is we go back. We go we we, we go we go backwards in time. I mean, CL, you remember watching Richard Pryor and all these other racial comics who can get up and talk about race, and we could all laugh. Yeah. Well, guess what? Nowadays. Comedians can't do that. You will get canceled if you did a Richard, a Richard Pryor or Eddie Murphy set. So, so, so that tells us that we are going backwards in time. And if we're going backwards in time, I, that means more races are being created. Uh, I think that critical race theory absolutely is creating more races. I think if you look at the fact that Dr. Seuss's books that uh, did have some racist rhetoric, the books that no one knew about, those books are now flying off the shelves on Amazon.com. Um, because it was canceled. So you got to take a look at critical race theory and say, I do believe critical race theory is creating more racist. So you have a society and a way of thinking that is not only creating people who think that they are victimized, but it's literally reactionary, creating more racist. Uh, this is c- pushing our society, society backwards. So where do we go from here? I do think we go towards more conflict, and it's going to get worse until it gets better. And that's, unfo- that's the unfortunate truth. But one thing that could be a saving grace is if our modern American media landscape stopped uh, dividing us. Uh, because it starts with media. Um, divisiveness starts with media. And our racial divisiveness in America started with Obama's speech on race, 
which you remember, that famous speech on race Obama yeah, made, yeah, yeah. that started the division in our country. Um, but the media really uh, fueled that. Um, and I think that's another discussion perhaps for another day. You know what? I really do want to have that discussion. Arcee, I don't know if you're able to stay with me through the break, but I would invite you to if you can. There's something I want to talk to you about. I, I, want, I want to start with the, um, the conversation now uh, because you, you, you made me think about it in what you're, you were saying in, in your, uh, your, your um, uh, monologue there. I, I was saying this. I was thinking this. I talked to uh, my, our press secretary at uh, Freedom Works, Peter Vincenzi. Uh, Vincenzi on um, uh, the show here about this idea, and I want to hear from you on this. Could the movie, we've got about uh, three minutes to talk about it in this segment, um, could the movie Glory with Denzel, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but Denzel Washington, Morgan Freeman, I did. Uh, be made today, and uh, who was that, Thomas Howell? I can't remember who that was, but um, but but... But could that movie be made today? Uh, Think about that. Uh, Don't go anywhere. Stay with me. R.C. Maxwell is my special guest. He is a Republican consultant who specializes in grassroots and communication strategies. Uh, He's uh, Turning Point USA brand ambassador and a Philly Schlafly Eagle Award recipient. Although he has been banned on Twitter you can follow him on Instagram at <laughs> Black Hannity. <laughs> you know, I, I met a friend of mine, uh, RC, and you and I, I don't know if we've ever met person to person, but uh, I was looking for a white guy when I met him, and he was looking for a black guy when he met me. And so we missed each other. And so please forgive me, <laughs> you know, as far as that's concerned. Black Hannity is on with me. <laughs> yeah, please forgive me. So you're hearing from two black men on this topic, and you want to stay tuned because we're going to explore it and push it even further. I'm sure he was going to ambush me with his present and tell me one day when we did meet, hey, I'm R.C., and I'm going to say, R.C. who? And so... And so, and so here we go. And, but anyway, we're going to have a great time with this conversation. When we return, uh, I'm going to call my friend Sean and tell him that I talked to Black Hannity today. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm going to text him that uh, immediately. But listen, I look forward uh, to continue this conversation. We're going to talk about can the movie Glory with Denzel Washington and um, uh, Morgan Freeman be made today. That, my friends, is something you need to play pay close attention to because uh, why not why not if what rc is saying that more black more racist are being created are they now different colors who are racist and black folks have said that a lot of times well we can't be racist yes you can And now that I've come into new uh, knowledge of uh, R.C. and his existence and all of that, we are going to be able to open up a can of worms and a conversation that is not usually had. I'm C.L. Be back with R.C. Maxwell. Both of us, black in America, happen to be black in America, both of us choice conservatives. You thought I was worth saving you came and changed my life You thought I was worth keeping 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always lend a helping hand. And for the flag I stand. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank you so so much for coming along. Download free. Download free the CL Bryant Show app. Uh, you can download free the Red State Talk app. And of course, go to Freedom Works. Go to our Facebook page. We have nearly 5 million uh, followers on our Facebook page there at Freedom Work. And um, in fact, we lost a few uh, in this. Um, we were over 5 million. We lost a few. Uh, I think we lost about 100, 200,000 um, Facebook followers. When um, this thing happened with uh, so many of our people got off of Facebook, you know, got off of it. And so we follow us on Facebook, go to f- uh, Facebook and uh, you can see um, slide over to videos and you can see all of our videos that are there on Facebook. I have a bevy of them along with my good friend Steve Moore. And of course, uh, we have one up of our uh, Louisiana congressman, Mike Johnson. Uh, who I really, I really, really, really like that one that him and my good friend, my colleague, uh, Sarah Anderson did uh, together. Very good. And um, become a part of a movement, grassroots movement, uh, FreedomWorks, FreedomWorks.org. I'll be out in Nashville here in a couple of weeks, in about a week and a half. Uh, we have a fly-in happening and um, certainly want you to be there. All righty. On with me is R.C. Maxwell, my newly found black friend. And uh, I am going to definitely uh, give to him uh, the floor on this um, idea, this this question about uh, the cancel culture infecting or uh, affecting the movie industry in a way that will hinder the historical stories that have been told, such as a a, a raising in the sun. Can that be made? Can a raising in the sun be made again? We know they're against going with the wind, but R.C., let me ask you this. Can Glory, the movie Glory, be made? You talked about Richard Pryor, and hey, man, I saw Richard in concert a couple of times, but no, Richard's, Richard's stuff could not be said today. No way. But talk to us about glory. Talk. I think it's an interesting question to bring up. This is an interesting thought experiment. I mean, could the movie Glory, you know, an early 90s movie, maybe even late 80s movie, that showed the story of the Civil War and Americans fighting for their country, fighting for freedom, and being treated with respect, can that movie be shown? I think it could be shown, but I think that Glory in 2021 would look a lot different. For example... Um, I think that I think that you see a lot of uh, attempts at ahistorical manipulations 
in the, in the 2021 production of Glory. So, for example, you know, I don't think that they would just simply allow the men to fight. You know, they would probably try to make it seem like women were fighting too, you know. It's just those small instances of ahistoricism. And then, and then additionally, you know, I don't think that Hollywood would want to sanction a movie that would want to tell American history in this way. Um, I think Hollywood is trending maybe toward a story that would show uh, blacks being disenfranchised by America, but I really don't think Hollywood would support a film that shows um, the true history of America and how America was it is an evolving story and how you know uh, African Americans um, during that Civil War, they although they weren't treated with respect, although they weren't viewed as uh, equal in the way that they, they wanted to during that time, there was a sense of pride in defending your country, and there was nationalism that existed. And I think that, that is, that's confusing to a lot of these scholars, to a lot of these woke racial activists. You know, they also have a hard time understanding the plight of these Frederick Douglass type of Americans who were oppressed but still loved their country. They can't wrap their, their minds around it, um, and they can't do that. Um, despite the fact that these woke racial activists, you know, they do have all the freedom. So, so yes, when you talk about glory being produced in 2021, not only do I think that it would not happen, I don't think Hollywood would want to endorse that sort of film, but I think that the message that glory sends is antithetical to what Hollywood is trying Hollywood is trying to depict that African Americans are obfuscated from society. That's why if you go on Netflix and you click on Black Stories and pick any one of them, you will see black people being harassed in that story. Exactly, right? so Netflix you Netflix wants their viewers and their audience to feel that sort of depression. Exactly, you, know, you so. You know, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to then explore this a little bit further because uh, I made, um, of course, Runaway Slave. Frederick Douglass was the inspiration, actually, uh, for my film Runaway Slave, an award-winning film. But when I, I stand on the shoulders of filmmakers and people who are in film, like Hattie McDaniel and and Paul Robeson, Harry Belafonte, all of those who came before us. You know, Sidney Poitier. Uh, I don't even think you can make guess who's coming to dinner. Uh, uh, anymore. I don't think you can make that film anymore because Sidney was an upwardly mobile black doctor who, in fact, uh, married this this white girl who was from an upwardly, uh, you know, he, he got into that family uh, with Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn. But those, but the, what I'm saying is, the looking back over the history, RC, that has brought you and I to where we are. How do you cancel that without uh, disrespecting Hattie McDaniel, who played Mammy in Gone with the Wind, won an Academy Award for her performance? You mean to tell me that you would disrespect her talent that got her that in 19, what, what, 40, 34, 49, whenever the film was made? It was not like it is for black people like you and me today, but yet Hattie McDaniel was so talented and so and so uh, professional in the way she presented herself that she won an Academy Award. That, you mean we're going to dis disavow that as something that is Uncle Tomish and 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 and, and something that should not be honored? Talk to us, RC, because your generation is the only one that can save it. And unfortunately, my generation is the one that has created this way of thinking. I mean, well, well, I like the way that you phrase that. I mean, they, they, these, these, wake, these woke proponents of critical 
inject history that they just that they disagree with or that they don't understand than just simply let it be right and i think that this brings us back to the allegory of the cave kind of analogy i mean what you know uh, you know allegory of the cave you know it's the classic story if a man lived his entire life in a cave only seeing the reflection of his of his shadow in the fire and if he was brought outside would he enjoy that light hitting his eye and burning him or would he retreat back into the safety of the cave? And what the black community continues to do is retreat back into the safety of that dark cave. And every time someone like a C.L. Bryant or Candace Owens comes along and tries to, you know, grab and bring that, you know, monolithic community into the light, there's always going to be resistance. And that's what we're dealing with. That's what, you know, that's what you've been dealing with for the past 20 years. That's what, this is the fight I've been dealing with for the, for the past five years. How are we going to illuminate people into seeing the truth? And as long as they keep shutting off history, they are never going to see the truth and be comfortable with history. I mean, as, as some of these discussions that I have with my cousin, who's my age, we talk about these racial instances or animosity. And I'm, I'm still confused. I don't know how my cousin resolves the fact that my grandmother was the second female LAPD officer that existed in the 1960s. Wow. Um, wow. You know, she, we got to talk yeah, about that, brother. We got to talk about that. Not, not today, yeah, though. My grandmother, Mar- my grandmother Margie Maxwell, broke down so many barriers, and she made life so easy for us. I'm just like, I asked my cousin, you know, how can you honestly say that you have it anyway harder than your grandmother had it? Look what she did. Wow. Um, and that 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 is often the, the time when the conversation ends. Um, I mean, I'm like, you know, sometimes my family members they can't they can't debate at that level when it comes too personal for them. That is the instances of the cave dweller almost willing to be willing to kill someone who would take them out into the light uh, as opposed to, so, so, you know, it constantly goes back to this yin and yang of this battle. Um, they don't want to embrace the history of how black Americans were at one point thriving because then the mirror gets shined into the face. Okay. What happened these last couple of generations? You know, what did, what did we do? What situations did we put ourselves in? Um, you know, so that's so there's just there's just a lot of things at play here, um, and I think that some of these issues now are starting to become unpacked. Um, but this is what the monolithic black community and the gatekeepers don't want to happen. So wow. we just have to continue having the discussion. Great, great, great discussion with you, man. I'm really, really, Michelle, great job. Uh, uh, Michelle uh, suggests let's get RC on today. And uh, great, great, great job uh, here. Uh, this is this is this is total fire. Um, we're going to get this uh, interview out to you so that you can uh, replay it and, and redo it. I just think that this is so important that the, the, uh, di- the, um, the dichotomy, uh, I guess it could be said, or the difference between uh, the visual that you get here, even on radio, between this young man speaking and then uh, me looking back over the prism of time to where he is right now. I think this is what is necessary for us to bridge that chasm so that we can, in fact, bring along a young, pe- young people like him who, in fact, embrace who we are and understand the sacrifices, as he talks about his grandmother, uh, that has been paid for us to enjoy what we have. R.C., thank you so much. God bless and God keep you. Listen, tell the folks one more time how to get in touch with you and, and how to get you to where they are. Yes, please follow me on Instagram at R.C. Maxwell. Uh, my ad is at black underscore Hannity, but if you search for R.C. Maxwell, you'll find me. Um, I pop up every now and again uh, to do some public basic stuff, but for the most part, 
Uh, I work behind the scenes. So, you know, feel free to follow the work that uh, Turning Point USA, uh, Project Veritas, the Heritage Foundation, Freedom Works, you know, some of my favorite organizations. Uh, I'm right there in the fight with them. God bless and keep you, man. Continue to fight the good fight. I know you will. R.C. Maxwell, because you are fighting the good fight. Thank you so much for being on. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. That was R.C. Maxwell. And, hey, folks, I'm always excited when I have on young people like him who are able to bridge that chasm. I love that story about his grandmother uh, being uh, one of the first black female uh, officers there in Los Angeles. And I can just imagine. In fact, I may have been out there when she was there because uh, we lived out there for about four years uh, in uh, the late uh, 70s, our girls were young, so it was uh, the late 70s or early 80s up until the mid-80s, mid, mid and so it's quite quite possible that um, would have come in um, contact, I, or knew people that knew her. So, uh, R.C., glad that you gave your grandmother that kind of proud props and shout-out. Be sure, uh, if God uh, certainly hope that uh, God has allowed her to remain with us, uh, be sure to uh, share this video or this um uh, clip that we're going to send you uh, to her. Um, got a lot to talk to you about. Kimberly Herman. Now, we've heard from the youth side of this issue with uh, cancel culture and critical race theory and, uh, you know, all of that woke, the woke culture. But I want to hear from the legal side. Um, I want to hear from the legal side. From Kimberly Herman, who is um, Southeastern Legal General Counsel, General Counsel Southeastern Legal. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. We have much more to go. If you don't get both hours of the CL Bryant Show, and I don't know what you're doing with your time, uh, but if you don't get both hours of CL Bryant Show, you should download free the CL Bryant Show app. Onto your iPhone or favorite device and listen to the show wherever you go, wherever you go. And uh, we are there soon going to get kick off our YouTube channel, but I'm going to have to move to Florida first. I'm going to have to move to Florida before I actually set it up um, because I don't want to take it down and then have to set it up again and, and all that. But anyway, I'm making that move here shortly. Yeah, I don't know what dreams may come there, but we will see. I'll be back. I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys. I'm just a pilgrim on this road. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show.
everybody. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the Fruited Plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us. If, in fact, you don't understand this, I want to, I want to make sure that, um, hold on a second here. I don't know what the heck is going on, <laughs> but let me tell you something. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff going on, but anyway, uh, all kinds of things are breaking off. All kinds of things are breaking off. Stay with me. Stay with me. Live radio is sometimes a real and true experience. Let me say this to you. I, uh, was talking to a young man just uh, in the last hour. And I want you to download free the C.L. Bryant Show app. The C.L. Bryant Show app. And um, follow me on Twitter at the Revs, at, at Rev C.L. Bryant, at Rev, R-E-V, C.L. Bryant. But I had on with me R.C. Maxwell um, just in the last segment. And um, you want to you wanna hear this. You want to hear this particular interview from its start to its finish in that interview you will hear me refer to him as a white guy i will say i will say this i i said uh, you're white and i'm black that's what i said and i was saying i was saying that this will be interesting conversation because of that okay and so later on michelle you know my my producer had him on the line but she obviously missed what I said, because she would have she would have texted me and said, uh, "No, you idiot, uh, he, he's black." <laughs> she would have texted me something to that to that uh, effect, and so um, and I would have corrected, of course. But but I was reading through the entire you know bio that he had because it was so interesting. Usually I, I get the bullet points of their bio, boom, boom, boom. You bring the guest on, we're going to have conversation. I know who you are. I know how to, I don't, you know, sometimes I don't know how to get people in touch with you. So I have you tell them, okay, which is best, which is best for you to tell them how to get in touch with you. And, uh, and then I just co-sign it if, if I choose to, but I was reading, I read through his entire bio. And then at the very bottom, I saw that he was, had been banned from Twitter and that you could get a hold of him on Instagram at, as he calls himself, black underscore Hannity. Which, of course, my uh, Neanderthal brain immediately. <laughs> it immediately deciphered that this guy's black. <laughs> and so um, I, am, I immediately made reference to it, right? So, corrected, corrected all of that, but this is my point. I said all of that to say this. I said all of that, and came to find out that his grandmother was one of the first, um, uh, was the first, was the sec- only the second female black officer, the LAPD, back in the day, way back in the day, his grandmother. That's historical. Can you imagine the hurdles and obstacles that she had to go through? Jumped over to get to where she is. And uh, to have survived that and all because I mean, sure, I'm sure that was rigorous back in the day. My point is this. 
I pride myself many, many times. In fact, I have prided myself over the years on being able to decipher over the phone what part of the country you're from and, of course, what race you are, right? My point is, even in the midst of cancel culture, in the midst of critical race theory, which we're going to talk about the legal side of that with uh, attorney um, um, Kimberly, uh, oh my, Kimberly Herman, oh my, the, the yard people have arrived and they don't have mufflers on their trucks. Whatever happened to that noise pollution stuff that was going on here? That doesn't play anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I hope you didn't hear all of that. Yeah, I mean they're they have come and um, they need mufflers, or maybe it's dragging the floor, the, the the ground, or something. I don't know. But my point was this: you see how easily I distracted <laughs> distracted I am. I don't know if it's ADD. My my mother probably would have told you it was, but I don't know. But this is it. Young people today, as R.C. Maxwell said, who I discovered was black, are being taken backwards in time. That's what he said. And that made me think about this. It made me think that if young people are being carried backwards in time, but yet I cannot decipher just by speaking to them over the phone what race they are it is going to be almost paradoxical it's going to be uh, what, how, what was the twilight zone type of existence for them because they will be living in a world that truly has been overcome, but yet they are being told they must live in because somehow they are to correct the rights or the wrongs of the past and make them right by canceling them. Huh? Which means that they have to cancel their history. Which means that even though, uh, and, and black, black young people, you're going to be even more bothered by this for one simple reason. You know what that reason is? That reason is because you, first of all, don't have the identity that you had that came here in your grand, great-grandparents your great-great-grandparents, you don't have the identity that they had of themselves when you first came here. That has been lost. And so now you are saying that you want to erase and cancel the history that you do have of the grandparents that you can relate to, the ones who made it possible for us to overcome what happened to our great-great-grandparents whose history has been lost forever. We don't know it, and yet we want to cancel out the history. It sounds to me as though 
the progressive liberals want to erase you, period. I'm going to talk about that here. Um, I have a a real talk segment coming up um, on that very topic. I want everybody to talk about it. I want everybody to talk about this. Can we keep our sanity in the midst of being canceled? You're being canceled. You're being shut out and shut down. You know, it reminds you know, you know, folks, you inflict that pain upon yourself. You can do it. And, and that's what's happening right here uh, in America right now. We're inflicting upon ourselves this kind of pain. And, and it's so needless to bear this kind of pain because it, it, it has already been born. It is already, people have already born. We, they've already suffered this kind of pain. Huh? They were called grandpa, grandma. And I don't care what place you came from. There was a price paid for you to be who you are, what you are, even if you are a failure. Even if you're not not trying to do anything with your life. Even if there is no bright future for you, you're still an American. And your situation anywhere else would be worse. If you are homeless in America, thank God. You would not want to be homeless in Nigeria. You would not want to be homeless in Russia or China. You would not want to be homeless in New Zealand or England, France, you name it. Sweden, Amsterdam, Norway. You wouldn't, I don't know about Norway. Maybe you would want to be homeless in Norway. I hear they're really I don't know. But anyway, (laughs) I don't know. But I know this. Homeless in America. Ah, Thank God that you're not homeless anywhere else. So it's paradoxical to me. It's strange to me how our young people would buy into, especially black young people, would buy into the idea that they need to cancel a history that has made it possible for them to cancel the history. (laughs) Huh? What? That makes sense to me. At all. Not at all. At all. Doesn't make any sense to me at all. I love to go that British, that British thing. You know, people pay more attention to you when you speak uh, with a British accent for some reason. I don't know what it is. They found that out years ago. We we beat them twice in a war. They tried to stranglehold us back into their 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 kingdom. We beat them and, and remained free. We've done that twice. And they still, but still, is something about us. Maybe it's because they they are the founding. Uh, they are as far as America is concerned. They are a founding nation. Our mother nation, we came from them. They gave us birth. 
<laughs> Many fathers, I think, though. Yeah, we have. Especially now, we've been influenced by so many people. One mother, uh, of course, there was a seed planted there, but um, I think we have many, many fathers in America because we've grown from the influence of so many people who have influenced us over the years. I know that even though, of course, L.C. Bryce, my father, of course, but there's so many, so many men in my life uh, that have influenced me. Yeah. Through my life. And a lot of those fathers were mothers. <laughs> yeah, there are, there are many mothers in my life uh, who, you know, fed into me. But our, our young people, my point is that our young people are destroying, wanting to destroy that history. I brought up, up the fact that, uh, of course, all of you know that I was a young thespian. I, I did, did stage work in uh, in my younger years. And... Um, in fact, you know, when Jane and I married, I was a budding thespian, you know. Again, just, uh, anyway. I studied acting in the theater and, and, you know, film and that type of thing. And, and one of the greatest performances, that one of the greatest performances ever put in was put in by... Hattie McDaniel and Vivian Lee, they played off of each other just flawlessly for the to portray the the uh time period of Gone with the Wind, one of the greatest films ever thought of. One of the greatest films ever thought of, let alone one of the greatest films that they actually captured the thought. They actually captured the thought. And and immortalized it with it was just it's just beautifully the way beautiful the way they shot this David O. Selznick uh, film. Okay, so and and God knows uh, my heart's desire is to complete my next film, Red, White, and Black. That is my heart's desire is to finish that film, is to complete that film, and so. Um, is that other than ministering the gospel, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and the good news of America. That is truly my, my hot button right there is making films, love, make films. I've made two in the past. Well, I've made a lot of short films, but I've made two films in the past and runaway slave, of course, is my award winning film, but red, white, and black is the film I would truly love to make for this day and time this era and I'm um, really trusting God to make a way for that but Hattie McDaniel if you cancel Gone with the Wind you are doing America an injustice that's the way it was and we have overcome and on any job you still have that scenario I don't care what job you're on. Yeah, you know, of course, I work for myself. And, you know, the only person I truly answer to is Jared and uh, and and Michelle. <laughs> I'm the boss, but I'm they, I, I answer to them. You know, and that's the way on any job you have that dichotomy going on. You have that that dynamic going on. Yeah, whoever you're working for, yeah, you're mammy and they're the boss, unless. You are truly running the show like Mammy was. 
Huh? And that's the way it was. It's it's actually a a a a, a glimpse of humanity of roles that are played. I don't care what time frame it's in. How can you cancel that? How can you, how can that be something that is a critical race that, that it involves critical race theory in 2021? How is it that I'm talking to a young man of, uh, in his twenties? How am I talking to a young man in his 20s? I'm still talking to him about uh, uh, the evils of racism back in the 30s and 40s. How's that possible? It makes no sense at all. It means that somehow we are handicapping ourselves because we cannot run past where we were. Are you hearing me? We, we cannot run past where we were. We're caught in it. We're, we're trapped in it. It's sickening. Absolutely sickening. That we can't run past where we were. And we keep being dragged back into uh, that abyss of everything, everything being uh, focused and centered around race and who's on board with uh, defending uh, anything that's against any, that's against it. I don't know. I don't know what they're, what are they against? What, what is it? What is, what are, who are they? Who are they? Who is the cancel culture movement? Who are they? Who is uh, woke? Who is that? Who is uh, behind critical race theory? Who is that? I think you better ask yourself some questions before you sign on to all of this lunacy that's going on here in this country right now. Who are, who are these people? We'll be back. I'm CL. Don't you go anywhere. This is the CL Bryant show. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Are lifted high. Our hearts are bowing in reverence. 
CL back with you on this fantastic day. Right here in America, it's beautiful where I am down here in the in the uh, sunny south. I'm headed for even further sunny south. Even though it won't feel like that, it won't really feel like the south when I get down to uh, my destination on Hutchinson Island, Florida. That's where I'm going to make my home for uh, at least a year. At least a year I'm going to stay there. I, I can do it two years if I want, but at least a year I'm going to stay there on the island and get my bearings, uh, get my life together, uh, all of that type thing. Uh, coming out of a, um, you know, a very dark period in my life, an incredibly dark year uh, in my life. I uh, went through so many things in 2020, uh, this time in last year, in March of last year, oh my goodness, it was it was just dark. It was just dark, 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 dark. I was in cold Denver, Colorado. I, you know, I really thought I, I did. I like I like the the stark beauty. I like coming out my drive and looking, you know, at the mountains. It was just absolutely gorgeous. It was beautiful. But it was it was cold a lot. It snowed a lot. In fact, I think they just got a bunch of snow up there. Uh, what twenty some odd inches? I mean, that—that's. Guess what? I, I'd have been shoveling out of that. I'd have been shoveling out of that stuff, or I'd be waiting for it to melt. And your you know, car is never clean. None of that kind of stuff happened. But I thank God that uh, you know I'm able to move on, and I'm able to move on. And like I said, I'm going to start a new life. And um, get um, a new life, uh, see what happens, put my life back together. I'm trying to put my life back together. It was just totally ripped apart in many ways, and um, I look forward to that, totally look, look forward to putting my life back together. And I thank all of you for your prayers and support uh, over this past year. I want to thank you. I have. I know I've done it in the past, but I want to thank you. You can't say thank you enough because when I look back on where I was this time last year, I um, wasn't doing the show. I, I finally got back on uh, in April. I was. I was strong enough. I, I had to, or uh, something bad was going to happen. Um, you know, if I didn't get back on the show, uh, just you just kept going down this this tunnel, this tunnel, this tunnel. Um, and so I want to thank all of you who stood with me and all of you who supported me and, and gave me encouragement during the, that, that, that very dark period of time. And uh, I want to thank those of you who are in my life now, uh, and offer me hope now, uh, for, um, a future. And I, I certainly, um, thank my, my girls, my children, uh, for being there for me, uh, my son, for being there uh, for me and um, uh, my my daughters Miranda, Ever, and Carissa, uh, and uh, Lewis, want to thank all of you um, um, for your love and your support of your father. Um, yeah, I want to thank you for that. And so, um, headed for yeah Hutchinson Island, Florida, and folks, I am telling you. Can't wait to get there. Can't wait to get there. But the point that I was making before we we left was the one about um, making the films. And coming up will be the legal 
counsel, the legal counsel for um, the Eastern, um, Southeastern Legal Council will be on with me. Kimberly Herman, General Counsel, Southeastern Legal Counsel, uh, Critical Race Theory will be our topic here today. And um, we want to continue that discussion because I don't I don't know and I don't care who you are. It doesn't matter who you are. You are going to be affected by this. You are going to be affected by this. And it's going to uh, perplex you because if you don't buy into it, I'm telling you now this. Listen to me. I am a black conservative and I am talking to, I know mostly white conservatives. I know that I I have many black folks who listen to the show, but the truth is the the truth is this black folks are only 12% of the population. That's the truth of the whole matter. Okay. So let's be real about that. Huh? May we, may we be real about that? Black folks are only 12% of the population. So let's put a lot of things in perspective, okay? And being a black man who happens to be a black American, who happens to be a black conservative in this country, uh, who who all do we cancel? Do you cancel Hattie McDaniel's uh, performance that won her the Academy Award and Gone with the Wind? Do you disrespect her too? Uh, help me welcome uh, uh, Kimberly Herman onto the show, legal counsel, Southeastern Legal Counsel. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being there. Yeah, thanks for having me today. Glad you're here. We're talking uh, today on this critical race theory. Kimberly, please explain to the audience. From your point of view, your perspective, what critical race theory is all about? Yeah, so at its most basic, what critical race theory is teaching our students, um, K through 12, college, you name it, is that everything that our country is founded on, the law, culture, business, economy, that they're designed to maintain white supremacy. At its most basic, that is what it teaches. It's founded on the idea of the oppressed and the oppressor, and you have to fall into one of those categories based on the color of your skin. Does that idea then perpetuate uh, into the future the idea that black people are inferior and they are victims and victimized perpetually by white kids who are their victimizers? Is that the, the game plan? Talk to us. Absolutely. Um, That's what we believe the game plan is, and we are here to stop it at Southeastern Legal Foundation. Um, They are teaching this to children as young as four and five years old. I mean, period, stop, think about that, right? I mean, you are instilling in these children that they are either inferior or, um, you know, and be oppressed or that they are the oppressor. They can't even begin to understand those concepts, nor should they, nor should this be taught at any level in our government, um, in our schools. And it is a real, real problem. The glaring question is, Counselor, this. Why? Why would you want to teach young people? Why would you want to poison their minds with such 
garbage. It keeps certain people in power, right? When we can uh, disunite people, when we can call the cause divide, when we can cause more hate, right? Then the people that are in power get to stay there. This critical race theory has been around for decades, right? The infiltration into the academy and into our schools, that has been going on for decades. It is now finally at a point where those that are now in power know that the only way they can stay in power is by dividing our country further and by doing everything they can against unity, even though they keep calling for unity. Tell us about your foundation. What type of work do you do, and how do people get in touch with you? And I certainly hope that you can stay with me uh, here for a few more minutes. Yeah, absolutely. So at Southeastern Legal Foundation, we uh, sue the government and fight for your rights. We are a conservative constitutional law firm, do all of our work completely pro bono, 501c3, and we do a lot of work um, in the area of First Amendment. And with critical race theory, it is it is a huge infringement on First Amendment rights. They are compelling students, they are compelling government employees to speak a certain way, to denounce who they are, to denounce America, and that in and itself is unconstitutional. And so we are here to fight for those rights um, in the courtroom. Let me then, I don't know if you are are familiar with our organization, uh, Freedom Works. Go to our Facebook page, Freedom Works. We have nearly five million on our Facebook page. We're one of the one of the country's largest grassroots organization, if not the largest. We have six million activists on the ground, and we relish people like you. I'd certainly love a chance if you're not familiar with us to introduce you to us, you and your organization. Stay with me uh, right there, uh, Kimberly. Uh, Kimberly Herman is my special guest, and uh, we're going to return to her. Just a, a brief word about our folks uh, at Red State, Red State Talk Radio, the largest uh, grassroots and uh, the largest talk platform in the nation, the talk monster if you're traveling through Times Square, look up above Ripley's Believe It or Not, and there you will see the Red State Talk billboard and 24 hours a day every hour the cl bryant show pops up there on that billboard in times square of course it's not as populated as it once was but they will be again i guess but be careful and you'll see old cl's face looking right back at you there in times square if you don't get both hours of the show download free either red state talk uh, app or the cl bryant show app download them free and uh, the show's on every day 12 p.m. until 2 p.m. Uh, the C.L. Bryant Show. And my special guest today uh, is Kimberly Herman. And Kimberly, uh, your your organization has been around for how long now? Oh, my goodness. It's been around since 1976, uh, founded by Ed Meese, the great, wonderful Ed Meese. Yeah. We owe so much of our freedom-based law movement, too. Um, and I get to now you know, live out his dream every day, which is a lot of fun, and it's, it's a privilege to do what we do. You know, uh, Richard Nixon, uh, regardless of what anyone says, was one of the great presidents, and I think history will be that way. We'll, we'll give him those credits, that prop, um, uh, as, as we go along. And uh, I remember those Meese years back then as well. And so um, those, those were really times when America was becoming its greatest self. It led to Reagan. Tell us then, um, when we look at the design that the Democrats uh, and the liberals, I won't just call Democrats because there are some Republicans and uh, that have the same idea and go along with that. When we look at the type of people who are leading the charge here, who are 
uh, the woke? Who are the critical race theory? Who are the cancel culture people? Are they the three-headed, uh, the three heads of the same hydra? Talk to us. Uh, very much so, right? I mean, it's that progressive woke cancel culture, which is what, what are they going to cancel next? One day it's your speech, the next day it's your property rights. We do a lot of work in the property rights area, and we see those rights being canceled every day. But really, it's it's infiltrated every single level of our government. We have a you know, school board in Virginia Beach where they're telling teachers that they have to admit that they are racist admit in a training that they are racist. They know nothing about these people individually, right? We've got a school board out in California that is forcing students or trying to force students to chant to an Aztec god. What? Are you kidding? Wait, 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 wait. Er, Put the brakes on. Back up. Put this thing in reverse. Let's go back to that. (laughs) Come on, folks. Are you hearing what Kimberly's (laughs) saying here? Talk to us again. Talk to us about that. uh, Chance to an Aztec god. Are you serious here? Yeah, so one of our partners, uh, Chris Rufo, who has done really the the bulk of the work of exposing this throughout our country, um, he came out with a story just last week that the California, so the state, the California Department of Education is trying to put into place a new statewide ethnic studies curriculum that advocates for the decolonization of America. And one of the things that they will require students to do, require students, is to do an ethnic studies community chant in which they chant to a number of Aztec gods in the pursuit of what they say is critical consciousness. Okay? These are gods who are meant, uh, they're celebrated for human sacrifices. And they have said that their sole purpose in doing this is to displace the Christian God that so many of their students um, worship and praise and believe in. I mean, the State Board of Education. Wow. Oh, that's a very good way to put that. Um, Let me ask you this then. If you don't sign on to that, are we seeing a walk the plank type of culture uh, that actually, if they come after Sharon Osborne, I tweeted this out earlier, folks. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Rev C L Bryant. If they come after Sharon Osborne, the wife of the Prince of Darkness, if they come after him, if after her for defending her friend Piers Morgan for simply giving his opinion, defending his queen. And the family, who was attacked actually by its own prince, if they come after her for defending her friend, who they have now labeled a racist, and she's one too because she's his friend, don't you think that you might be next, folks? Uh, Kimberly Herman, tell us about the type of culture we're headed for if we uh, if we continue to allow this train to roll down the track. Talk to us. Yeah, I mean, we're headed towards a culture of divide and hate. I mean, really, we're undermining our American system. And they can't stand up there and tear apart the Constitution um, in front of everyone like they'd like to do, like we saw Pelosi do um, those years ago with the State of the Union. They'd like to stand up there and tear our Constitution apart. But since they can't do it because they know that then they would, you know, be the bad ones on the, you know, few media stations and the great radio like like you have um, who would cover it, Instead, they're doing it through things like critical race theory, through the cancel culture, through their woke indoctrination. That's how they're doing it. It's to undermine everything that we believe in and that 
the groups that you're involved in, like Freedom Works, fight for every day. Let me ask you uh, this, um, and Michelle, be sure that we open this platform for her and any of her colleagues that might want to come on and talk to us. Kimberly, I am telling you that you have a friend in us here, and we'd be very happy to help you in any possible way that we we, we can. Um, when we look at the people that this hurt, it seems as though, and, and it seems as though if they're walking into this blindly, maybe ignorance is bliss. Um, and and that's, that, that's people of color, minorities who are buying into this type of thing. Uh, it, it seems as though, and, and my former, the, the former guest before you, uh, R.C. Maxwell said that he, and he's of that of that that generation. He says they, he feels as though they're being led backwards. Of course, he has a conservative viewpoint. Is that exactly what's happened? They're being led back to a place where they actually were uh, Jim Crow, and, and we're being led back to that era. Is is that actually a journey back into into time? And they don't understand what's happening here. Talk to us. Well, we're certainly going back to a time where you're pitting, uh, you know, everyday Americans against each other. And so um, how far back, you know, hopefully we don't ever, ever, ever go back to a place like that in our country. Um, That is what we're fighting against and fighting against this type of training, this type of teaching in our schools, we are doing everything that we can to prevent our country from going back there, right? We have made so many leaps and bounds. Um, this is not the America that we know. It's not the America that our, you know, our parents and our grandparents fought for. Um, and so we really need to stay in there. And, you know, the battle is going to be in the courts. There is the the battle of public opinion, which that needs to be fought, too. But the real change is going to be in our federal courts. And I have to give it to President Trump. He did a phenomenal job with uh, reshaping the, the judiciary. I mean, he really did. Yes, he did, and I certainly hope that voices like yours can be heard because uh, many of us, uh, Kimberly, I'll be honest with you, felt a certain betrayal um, by the courts uh, here in the last few months, but that's okay. Uh, we'll move forward, and we'll try to overcome this in the next couple of years. The paradoxical thing that, that, uh, that, that is, is, is happening here in, in when you speak the way that you have about how they would like to take us back, and hopefully they don't, don't take us back too far, The paradox is they think that people who talk like you or me or others like us, they believe that we're the people who want to take America back to a place where it was, you know, a a dark time. That that seems to be the type of deception that uh, they would like that that they are playing on and they are they're 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 pushing on our young people. Stay with me. I'll be right back. You came and changed my life You thought I was worth keeping So you cleaned me up inside You thought I was to die for Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. 
God bless America. I do the best I can. Always lend a helping hand. And for the flag I stand. Coming along with us as we build a bridge to conversation. And hey, I'll be glad when all this is over. And Michelle, I'm going to have an office there. Uh, we're going to build a going to build out a studio there in um, in uh, Hutchinson Island or there in Florida. Anyway, we're going to find a place, and we're going to get a tech in there. We're going back to studio, girl. All this foolishness is over in Florida, folks. You need to know Florida, where I'm moving, uh, and here in just a couple of weeks, Florida is America again. You get an idea that you're back in the USA. I, I'm really, I'm serious. And uh, I'll be there on the beach. I'm going to see what that beach life is all about and uh, starting life all over. And, and I certainly hope that you continue to come along with us uh, here these seven years. Michelle and I have been coming to you. Uh, we've had a lot of fun, and we certainly uh, hope that we have been a blessing to you and, and yours. Uh, coming to us now is um, Kimberly Herman. And, you know, it is always great when we're able to speak to general counsels in particular, but she's with Southeastern Legal Foundation Council. She's counseled them. And um, the topic that we've been talking about and one that she fights pro bono and folks, God bless uh, the attorneys and, and people who do, in fact, uh, render their expertise, their talents to defending the rights of Americans, we the citizens, we the people. And Kimberly is one of those and want to thank her for coming on with us. And Kimberly, we were talking about um, how when we uh, look at young people, the paradox is that they think that folks who talk like us, they're being taught that people who talk like us are the ones who are actually taking folks back in time when they're riding the vehicle by the progressivism that they're, they're buying into. Speak to us about the, the, the paradox of that. Yeah, I mean, well, again, as we try to fight the, the curriculum that's coming down, we have to look at the curriculum that we've had. Um, and teaching children in sound bites, teaching children um, in, you know, tweets, things like that, that's where they're getting their education from these days. Um, that is what's forming their, you know, most formative years. And so I think that at the end of the day, we need to go back to the basics and we need to really look at our education system in general. And I think COVID has made us do that to some degree with many people now advocating for school choice. Um, but, you know, if we don't fix those problems there, then how are we going to fix the problems that are coming to our curriculum now? And so uh, sometimes we just have to go back and revisit that. But in doing that, you know, not to get too much down that train as a, as a mom, as I, as I contend to do, um, they, we need to just stop having this in our schools. We need to stop telling students that you are one or the other, that you need to put yourself on an intersectionality chart. We have a lot of that happening in our schools where you're forced to place yourself on a chart and then apologize to students um, and your peers simply for you fall on a piece of paper when you've done nothing yourself. The honest thing about uh, what you have said is that those it's, it's easy to see that those who do, in fact, have the money to exercise where they send their children to school because it's private or, or maybe it's you know just, just a different type of school, they homeschool them, what have you. Um, they then did not suffer the type of uh, maladies and effects that children who were shut out 
from their schools suffered. One of the arguments for school choice is, is that alone, that people who were able to send their kids to school, their kids didn't suffer uh, so uh, the, the harshness that, that kids who were shut out of their schools suffered. And, and, and are there lawsuits coming forward from some of these parents? Are you seeing that there in your profession of, the, uh, of parents who uh, felt as, feel as though the government did the exact wrong thing in this? Will we be seeing lawsuits arise from this? We very well could. I know that there's a number of grassroots groups that are starting to form um, to give parents that voice. And so, you know, we look at it from Southeastern Legal Foundation and say, what is our role in that? And in helping give parents a voice, we're trying to give them a voice when it comes to curriculum. We've seen a number of states that have come out with bills um, that are trying to ensure that the students are not forced or put in a place of harassment, of discriminatory curriculum right, with respect to critical race theory, that they're not being compelled to speak, and so against their will um, in violation of the First Amendment. And so we're trying to give a voice to parents in that way and help them at least have some say over the curriculum that's being uh, forced down their children's throats as they are in the public schools. And to be honest, we're seeing this largely at the private schools too, but parents make a choice to send their children there. Uh, We're focusing on the public schools and helping those parents. Amazing. Uh, I want you to tell us once again how we can engage with you. How do people find you if, in fact, they need you? Yeah, we have a website. It's slfliberty.org, and they can find us on Twitter. It's at slf underscore liberty. And we really just encourage parents and and government employees, teachers also, to speak up. If you're seeing this in your children's school, reach out to us. Um, You can stay anonymous, right? We will protect you. And if you want to fight for it and get out ahead of that, we are there to help you do that too. We really just, we need parents to come forward because this is happening all over the country. And we honestly just cannot keep up with it. Let us know and we'll fight for you. I believe it. And let me let me ask you this one last question. Curriculum, uh, I meant to ask it earlier, but um, when we talk about curriculum, uh, should parents, tell us, uh, just from your point of view, how close should parents pay to the curriculum that uh, their kids are, are receiving in public school today? Talk to us. Oh, my gosh. It's so important. It's more important now than it ever has been to know what is going on in your child's school. And honestly, I think that a lot of why we're learning about what is happening in that critical race theory is across our country in the schools is because so many students were at home doing it virtually and their parents could see for the very first time what was actually happening in the classroom. And so get involved in your students, in your child's school, um, know the curriculum, go to your school board meetings and call us and let us know what you're seeing so we can help fight for their rights. That's what I wanted right there, folks. And that's what you need. Uh, Kimberly, uh, thank you so much for being on with us. Continue to fight the good fight. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer. I know you'll fight the fight because you are uh, fighting. And so thank you again for being on with us. We'll, We'll be in touch with you often. And any of your colleagues who would like to come on, we certainly will give them a place here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. That was Kimberly Herman. And I got to tell you something, folks. I really, really admire the work that people uh, in her field are doing and the way that they are doing them. My friends, um, we now are at a crossroads and there is no reason 
why we shouldn't recognize the various choices that we have. Now, right or left, we can go to the right or left, we can continue down the, the place that we're going, or we can veer toward uh, a, a, a rightwardly northward movement. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, that's, that's to continue forward, moving a little bit further to the right would be my, the way I would choose it. That's, that's the fork that I'm coming at. And, and many times you, what you'd have to do is blaze your own path if you're going to go that way. And that's where we are right now. We're in a situation, conservatives and Republicans, because we're having to reshape the party too. We're in a situation where, yes, we come to the fork in the road. We come to the crossroad. And it's a four-way, it's a crossroad. A four-way stop. We've come to that point. We have to determine which way we're going. Now, the direction that we were headed when uh, Donald John Trump, who I was on his advisory board, remember that, uh, you know, two of them, evangelicals for Trump and, of course, um, black voices for Trump, both of those advisory boards. And let me tell you something. He had us on a course where we were, we were being prosperous. We were very prosperous. And then we began to uh, approach the intersection, and here we are. We're right in the middle of it right now because now we, we're going to uh, have to take on two years of what we're, what we're seeing with this Biden, Biden thing going on and hope it remains Biden thing and doesn't become Harris thing, Okay. That's the only that's the only light ray of, of, of any type of light or hope that I see is that Joe stays where he is until we're able to get rid of him. But unfortunately, I had to report to you this. As far as the Democrat Party is concerned, his days like Andrew Cuomo's days are truly numbered politically. Oh, trust me. Trust me. And so um, the question is, the question is, then, what do we do with our educational system? Kimberly um, Herman was on with me, Southeastern Legal Foundation, uh, she was talking to us about this, and, 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 you know, I wish I had gotten into this conversation earlier with her because I could, we could have pushed this, and we want to push this. We want to have her back. Michelle, have her back when we can. Um, you know, you have to pay uh, attention to, was it Bloom? Was it Bloom who started this, this trend years and years and years ago that many teachers, you, you can't get your certificate unless you, you've signed. It's Benjamin Bloom. Yeah, Benjamin Bloom. Um, unless you have been blumenthized, blumentold, or whatever you call it, you really, you're not, you're not woke. You can't teach, really, unless you buy into Benjamin Bloom's theory of changing um, the language you know the dialectic type of thing we want to talk about that and 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 i think people like kimberly and and the things that she represents as far as curriculum is concerned is exactly the conversation that needs to be had now because that's the only place to actually curtail it if they start speaking the language 
unknowns to them. I'm not talking about something that's un, you won't understand. You'll understand the words that they're saying, but you won't understand the process. You won't understand the process that's going on here. You won't understand that. And friends, there is a different language being formulated. I talk to uh, people who are younger than me, and sometimes, you know, they, they speak a language, especially on, on, um, on uh, your social media, that, you know, you don't understand because they use a lot of you know, symbols and stuff that you don't understand. You don't understand them. And so um, you, that's nothing compared to what their kids and their grandkids are learning. And it's in code. Yeah, it's in code. Uh-huh. You figure that one. Well, hey, it's been a great show. It's been um, the guest that I've had, and we always try to make it enlightening for you. However we do it, we try to make it enlightening for you. And I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I'm CL, and my heartfelt desire is that God will bless and keep you all. Mm-hmm.